it's, it's a constant rustling. Like, why do I focus on the negativity when there's so much positivity, which is overbearing the negativity, start focusing on the positivity and it will really, for your mental health, I would definitely recommend that because especially when you're first starting out, maybe you won't, you know, maybe you'll have no views. That's fine. Maybe you'll have few views slowly. You, you'll get the ball rolling and you'll get sometimes these polarizing comments but that's good. That's a good sign. That means people are watching your content. People are, you know, resonating with it if it's positive or negative, which is good. You know, I've heard people, you know, someone once told me if, if, if you don't have haters and, and, you know, lovers on, on about your content, then your content does not have good value. Like if it's all, everyone just loves everything you do. That's great. I mean, that's amazing. That's ideally what we all want, but in the world that we are in, people are going to hate what you do and you kind of have to be okay with that develop that that you know thick skin about being okay with a lot of no's i'm doug bobes personal trainer best-selling author and entrepreneur and i'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves so i'd like to welcome you to the adversity advantage podcast where we will help you use obstacles failures and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today on the show, I have actor Vin Sander. Vin plays the lead role in many of the films that are created and produced by Darman. And for those who aren't familiar with Darman, he is a mission-driven entrepreneur with 52 million-plus followers, 22 billion-plus views, and is one of the highest-viewed content creators in the world. A good portion of these views come from his life-changing, purpose-driven films that address various topics that are relevant in society today. Vin has been with Darman since nearly the beginning. He comes on the show today to chat about his acting journey and shares how he met Darman and why the roles that he plays are different from traditional media and film. Vin shares how he deals with uncertainty and the mental and emotional roller coaster that comes with being a young actor. We talk about the power of fitness, how to deal with haters, and what the future holds for Vin. Vin also gives some tips on the do's and don'ts of creating content and advice to those who are looking to start something new and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Vin Sander to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Vin, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Doug? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the show. You've come highly recommended from a mutual friend of ours, and I'm looking forward to talking to you because I think you have a great story, and there's a lot of things that inspire me just from diving into your work. And and one of the things is that this, these projects that you've worked on with Darman through the last few years, and in a way, I think you've kind of helped him indirectly build this massive studio TV company that he's created. And But I believe what sets it apart from a lot of the other studios and a lot of the other networks is that it's very mission-driven, it's purpose-driven, and a lot of the content um, specifically is filmed and seen on, on YouTube and social media, correct? Yeah, it is all over social media. His, uh, his content, like you were saying, is very... Every episode almost has a lesson to it. So that's why it's very relatable to a lot of people. And I get a lot of feedback, usually messages almost daily from people saying, you know, how much it's changed their lives. It's impacted them. It, it's wild, man, to see the impact these videos have been having on people. And even just 
Darv as well, if you look at, or I started with him when he was just starting out about like two or three years ago. And I remember it was like a two person crew, you know, just a sound guy and the, and the DP and man, they have progressed so much in the last three years. It's incredible to see their progress. And you can see why, because the videos have such impact on people and resonates with so many people that it's really, really cool to see that and really cool to be a part of it too. That's amazing. So if you could kind of walk the listeners through like some examples of some of these videos that you've been in, because, you know, I think people, when they think of movies, they hear production companies, they're thinking of more traditional TV shows or thinking of Netflix or thinking of Amazon. But Mm -hmm. from what I understand, like the videos that you're in, they're a bit shorter, but there's always like a lesson to it. And it always kind of ties into maybe something that's going on in, with current society or, or current struggles that people are having, correct? Yeah, they do. They, they tend to be very uh, relatable and very uh, relevant to the time as well. I'll give you an example. So one of the most recent ones I worked on was where I was in a cop role. And this was during the time when, you know, there was a lot of cops were in the news all over. There's a lot of things going on revolving cops and the whole negativity around that. And so I remember when we first, when I was first scheduled to shoot, it got pushed back because of the media. There was so much going on in the media about cops and didn't know it was gonna, if it was going to be the right time to, you know, get that released or work on that. At least that's what I'd heard from the production. And when we finally ended up doing it, you know, the story was really cool. It was, I played a, a negative role in this one. I played a sexist cop. I was paired with a female cop as well. And the lesson there was basically, you know, you can't just because you're a male and in a almost, you know, presumably a male driven industry, you know, the, the police enforcement it doesn't mean you have like females can't be better than males. It's, it's, that's like the main gist of it. And it did really, really well. I got millions and millions of views. I think it's upwards to like 10, 12 million, probably past that now. And it was, it was, it was very cool to be a part of it and very cool to see how much that impacted people and that resonated with people. And it was so relevant to the time too. So it was a a very cool experience for that. Mm. So like, from what I'm understanding, his videos over the years, I mean, it's not like they're just getting millions of views. They're getting, they've gotten billions upon billions upon billions of views. And it's, just real time engagement. He's he's got real fans. I mean, I've heard that you kind of get stopped. You get stopped if you're in a public place because <laughs> you got do, all these yeah. kids that watch Darman's videos and they're like, oh my gosh, it's Vin from Darman. So what I want to get into now is kind of like your come up story. Like, how did you? Because people, I mean, maybe they're listening to this and they're like, all right, well, how does this happen? Like, mm-hmm. how does somebody meet a guy like Darman? How does he? How does his career take off like this? Did you go to acting school? Were you in? traditional media where you're trying to go that route like how did this all come about yeah definitely i think it's it's been a long journey and i think the journey is just getting started for me so let me take you back like when i was younger i used to watch i was born in india by the way so i was born in india and when i was younger there was maybe one movie channel hollywood movie channel that i can think of i used to watch that all the time and that's where i got the inspiration to become an actor to just fall in love with movies, fall in love with storytelling. And I had, you know, some idols there. I remember watching like the the Rocky movies, the Rambo movies all throughout the nineties. It really, really inspired me to become, become like him, you know, Sylvester Stallone was one of my, one of my idols at the time when I was younger, especially because his physique and, and, and just how, 
his charisma and everything just I was like oh man I want to look like that I want to be like that and that that initially you know I caught the acting bug very young but throughout the years you know just because I had to figure out financially how this is going to work you know I didn't have any connections in Hollywood when I grew up about college I went through college I actually got a degree in you know engineering and then I was like I was at this point in my life where I really had to decide if I wanted to pursue my dream or stick with the traditional route, you know, get a job and do that whole thing. And there was the issue was, you know, I couldn't rely on anybody. I was all on my own. So I had to figure out how to make myself financially stable in order to be able to pursue my dreams. So I just right after college, literally the day after college, I got lucky. I got a job out here in California. I'm originally in from Colorado. So I flew out literally the day after graduation, flew out to California and started this job the next day. And that at least was my ticket out to California. So I was able to come out here and was at least in the mix for a little bit. And then from there like there was no there was no guideline or like you know a play by play of what I'm supposed to do in order to get into the industry. I didn't have anybody to kind of guide me in the way. I was literally trying to figure it out on my own. You know, researching, googling, watching different videos, listening to podcasts, trying to figure out how do I get myself into Hollywood or at least, you know, get myself recognized in there and and hopefully start working as a working actor. And that took a little bit. There was, I think, two or three years. I was just here, just trying to figure out what do you, what do I do? I just took random gigs here and there, you know, just would go to uh, do a student films, short films, etc. Try to figure out how to get an agent. Even that's in in itself a whole different, you know, uh, tough thing to do. It's not really easy to get an agent very easily. You really have to be. You really have to have credits, etc. And so it's like a catch twenty two almost you really need to have certain credits that they look for or certain criteria they look for, but you can't get those without an agent. So it's like, well, what do you do there? So I kind of had to figure out on my own, how do I get myself noticed enough so an, an agent can notice me and then, you know, eventually pick me up and hopefully get me in the door to do more Hollywood mainstream television and film. So it was a long time of just, just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. I did go to, end up going into acting classes. Hopefully that was my goal was to make some connections, hopefully meet some like-minded people who would, you know, we could collaborate with maybe, you know, never know, never know what might happen. So I was, I did classes at Playhouse West, which is a, a Meisner technique class in LA. And through there, I met a lot of cool people, a lot of great people, and I'm still friends with some of them too. And it's just really cool to be in a collaborative environment, especially because if your day job is something that's completely the opposite so I did that for a while. I mean, classes and job, and it was just really, really time consuming, man. I was stretched thin for so long because I would have to work my job, you know, eight to nine hours a day. And right after that, I would go to class for three to four hours a day. And that just driving in between, I, w- I used to live in, in Thousand Oaks, California, which is like an hour away from LA. And the class would be in like Hollywood or West Hollywood area. And so it was just long days for a while. I've just had to grind, you know, do my job. Right after I go work, go to class. And then when I get gigs, take, 
try to figure out a way to fit those into my schedule and still, you know, be able to keep my job. It was, it was a lot of time management and at the same time trial and error because whatever I was doing, I wasn't sure if I was going the right path. You know, I was just kind of winging it because there's no real guidelines. So, and then eventually how I got to Darman was I actually got a referral from a friend to do an audition, to audition for this role. And I don't even remember the casting at the time. It was for like a, a small role in a, a short film is I think how they described it. I auditioned for it, didn't hear back for a little bit. And, and that's kind of how the industry is. I mean, I wasn't really, I started to kind of get the hang of it, get, a, get used to, you know, knows a lot. And then eventually when you hear that, yes, great. I mean, that's awesome. But I was getting used to the no's. And a lot of times you don't even hear no's, you just don't hear back. So I just thought it was one of those. And I just kind of went on with my life after that. And then I heard back and they wanted to bring me in for a, for a different role, I believe. And I was like, okay, great. I had no idea what it was. I didn't, I had not heard of Darman before. I had not heard of the, the production crew, anybody. So I was just thought, I just thought it was going to be, you know, just like a student film type thing. And then, yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity for me to act. And that's what I want to do. That's what I'm passionate about. So I'll take it. I'll, I'd love to do it. So I came in, the crew was, like I was saying before, a two-person crew. And, and I, saw, I was like, oh, this is really like a student film. We're just starting out here. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'll do my best and, and give it a shot. And when they sent me the script, the story was really cool. And I think that's what hooked me because it was not like a traditional script. It was, it, they were also learning, but at the same time, I saw the message behind it. And I was like, okay, I can, I can stand by this. I believe in this let's go for it. So I ended up shooting with them and it, it turned out pretty well. It was, I think one of their first, I don't remember first few videos. And this is when Dar was still very young. And so that, that shoot went well. And after that, they called me back for another one for a different role. And they kind of just kept calling me back, calling me back, calling me back. And that kind of just, we developed a relationship from there. And I played various, various roles, which I was super, super, you know, grateful for because a lot of, sometimes you do a lot of work and you put your, your hundred percent, 110% into it, but it never gets seen. And, you know, no one ever gets to see your work. No one ever gets to even, you, you do so many auditions. I've done hundreds and hundreds of auditions. And I mean, maybe only a few sets of people see it and that's it. Some of, sometimes your best work is, in, you know, never seen. So this was a, a way for my work to be seen. And I was just glad about that. I was just glad for the exposure um, and just the opportunity to work on pieces that were very resonating, that I could resonate with and I, and I could see people resonating with as well. And so that's kind of how it started. And then after that, you know, as they progressed, Dar kept calling me in and then we would work on different projects and it just kind of built a relationship from there. But it did start with like just that one audition, that one. Yes. That's awesome. And, and kudos to you for kind of following your purpose, following your heart, following your passion, because, you know, you, you mentioned like the engineering route and going to school and you could have gone that way and probably had a good job where you made consistently good money, probably more financial security and just, kind of been set for for a good period of time yeah but it just seemed like it didn't align with you and there was something inside of you that was like you know what like 
Maybe I want to take some experiences that I went through. Maybe I want to take some things that I went through or just my passion for just helping people to put it more into a mission and purpose-backed project. So before we like dive more into what that journey's been like more in depth, like in, in more recent years, like could you maybe like explain like who like who Darman is? Like was he somebody that was in production before did he ha- was he somebody that was a producer for for mainstream media or was did he just get his start through social media so when i was first looking up darman i just saw him i think what popped up on google was he was just an entrepreneur so to my knowledge at the time when i, when I was first starting with him i don't believe he really had any production experience and i think that's Throughout time, as I can see now, he's had more and more and more and he's grown exponentially. But at the time, he was an entrepreneur. I believe he had he had a story. And I know later on, he did explain how he did come through a lot, a lot of, lot of tough child, not childhood, but I know he was broke at one point at 30. And then he somehow was able to uh, get his life turned around and create this passion project. This was his passion project for for a little bit and it ended up turning into his, I think his huge company now, Darman Studios. But yeah, he is, I've met him in person a bunch of times. He's a great guy, super humble. He's very nice. He's very generous. And his ideas are always along the same, same line, like his ideas for scripts when I'm talking about that is all these mission driven and lesson driven concepts. And so that's, that's what got me hooked. And he, I remember in the beginning, he also was, I think, in the videos for a little bit. He tried doing acting, I think, but then he stepped back and now I think he's trying to come back again. So it's, it's really cool to see how he's evolved as a production producer, filmmaker. It's, it's a really cool journey. But yeah, Darman initially, I think, was an entrepreneur, still is an entrepreneur. I think he has multiple companies and, and this is his most recognized one so far. Mm. So... How do you, how do you kind of deal? Cause it seems like you're in these two fields where there's a lot of comparison. You're seeing a lot of people that are thriving either in, so in the social media space or in the entertainment space. And you're kind you've kind of blended them together based on your career because your most notable roles are from the, from being in Darman's films, which are social media based, if you will. I know they have a production team and all that, but they're mainly featured on, on social media. So what are some things that you do for yourself to keep yourself grounded during the times of uncertainty where maybe money isn't coming in or during times of uncertainty where maybe you're not getting a role or during times of uncertainty where you're, you're just not sure like what's going to come you know, moving forward, like what kinds of routines do you have? What kind of tactics do you use? Like what things keep you like steady during those times? We will get you back to this episode of the adversity advantage in just one second. But first wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. I think we all know by now the importance of optimizing your mindset and using it to attract what you want in life. But the problem can lie with the how, like, how do you do it? And so with that said, internationally recognized therapist, Marissa Peer is offering my listeners a special price for her 21 day abundance challenge. I have had a chance to look through the program and can personally say that this challenge is loaded with tons of valuable content. I believe that if you put forth your best effort into this challenge, you will feel rejuvenated, optimistic, and confident at the end. She will help you overcome your deepest limiting beliefs so that you can live the life that you deserve 
and you will get things like meditations, training videos, previously recorded Q&As, and most importantly, access to a community of like-minded souls to help hold you accountable. This challenge is valued at well over $1,000, but she has heavily discounted it to just $99, and you can actually save an additional 25% by entering the code Doug at checkout. And if for some reason you aren't satisfied, she is offering you a full refund if you aren't satisfied within the first 10 days. So go to www.marissapeer.com forward slash Doug. Again, it's www.marissapeer.com forward slash Doug to learn more about the incredible program and join the challenge to live more abundantly. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 25% off. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because us actors, we go through that roller coaster ride, man. Like sometimes we get those highs, you know, we get that yes and we get a cool project. We get to work on it for a couple of weeks, couple of days, whatever it is. And then that's great. And then we get our lows, like you were saying, you know, where it's like, man, I haven't had anything for months. Like, why am I doing this? Is this the right path that I make a wrong decision? Should I go back to my engineering job? You know, it's, it's, it is a constant, constant, constant battle. And it's, it's all mental, man. It's all mental. And it's, it's something I've been, you know, slowly understanding how to deal with. And, and, and it, it is a constant struggle, constant battle, but I feel like there are ways to do, to mediate that. So what I try to do is focus on the craft, right? So one thing is focusing on the craft, which is to improve your craft. So through acting classes, through collaborating with other fellow actors who want to create content, who want to work on just, you know, practicing, rehearsing, whatever it is to just keep improving and fine tuning your skills. So you are ready for that opportunity when it comes. And besides that, I would also recommend having you know, something outside of acting, something that's not, you're not all the time, 110%, just always thinking about acting because you will drive yourself crazy because this stable, this industry is not stable at all. And so what I like to do is I, I like to go to the gym. I like to work out. That's my one hour or two hours a day where it's just me with myself competing against myself, just no thoughts, and it's just a great way to just reset. And, and I just love it. I love the, the, it just wipes my, you know, uh, mind clean. And I'm just focusing on one rep at a time, one exercise at a time. That's all I'm thinking about. And I think for me, that's worked pretty well. And, and it's something I, I've just turned it into a lifestyle. I've always, I was always into working out, but it more so helped me throughout this acting, throughout this, this industry, being in this industry, because it, it is very, very challenging. And it's, it's something that you just always want something that's outside. So you can always ground yourself, like you were saying. So that's what I would recommend, you know, having something where you can keep working on your craft, having something outside of acting. And also don't rely on Hollywood to come knocking on your door because that may or may not ever happen. So what I would recommend in this age of social media, in this age of there's so many avenues to put yourself out there is to create your own content, you know, work on your own brand. Cause that's essentially what you're trying to sell to these agents in Hollywood, right? Like my brand, come hire me. Like we, I'm capable of doing everything you need. Like I'm a great actor, et cetera. Showcase that, you know, make your own content. There's YouTube, make your own videos, you know, social media, TikTok, Instagram, everything. I feel like that's a great way to put yourself out there and get yourself noticed and 
and you you never know someone might see it you know an agent might see it a casting director might see it and pick you up and say hey i want to hire him i want to give him a shot and give him an audition and that's that's awesome that's exactly what we're looking for so that's what i would recommend and it's uh and you have to be willing to be very very patient it's it's something that it's almost like you, it's never going to happen when you want it to happen, right? And I think that goes goes with a lot of things in life. You kind of have to do what you really are passionate about, and keep focusing on that, keep persisting and being patient, and eventually doors will open. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing advice because I think a lot, and in many cases, people spend most of their time focusing on the things they can't control and they focus on the things that they just have no power over. And it takes away from their ability to put that energy, put that time um, and kind of put their own personal power into things that they can control. So I love that you said that. I want to dive into fitness a little bit more because I know that's something you're, you're really passionate about. And it's something that helps you like leverage a lot of the, the fears and uncertainties into something positive. Like what specifically is it you think about fitness when you're at the gym that gives you that sense of peace that gives you that sense of accomplishment or confidence, even during times when life might be falling apart. Yeah. You know, fitness for me is it started as, as a necessity and it turned into a lifestyle. Mm. So it was when I was younger, I used to have a lot of health problems uh, and it just, I just needed something to help myself get stronger. So I started with martial arts. So I started doing, uh, taekwondo for when I was very young, stopped for a little bit. And then we came back to it when I was a little bit older and I started and I really got into it and it just created that discipline for me, which I was able to transfer into uh, weightlifting or actually going to the gym, which I incorporated into martial arts. And that was the ultimate just fitness, you know, just making, making sure I'm in the right state of mind while also taking care of my body. Cause if you think about it, you only have one body, right? You can have all these passions, all these dreams, but if you're not capable to even live or, you know, if you're not healthy, those dreams may just go to waste. You know, if you're not able to perform at the level that you want to perform. So I would say number one, always take care of your body because you only have one body and without it, you can't do anything else. But for me, fitness, like you were saying, it was, it's, it's really helped me out because when I'm at the gym, when I'm just focusing on working out, I try my best, even though it's, I mean, it's way easier said than done to not think about things while you're working out, you know, thoughts keep, keep creeping in, but it's a good way to just stay present in the moment, focusing on one thing at a time, which if you think about it is very, very helpful as an actor as well because you really want to be present in that scene in that moment with that other character so it's a great way to always i mean anything in life i've realized you can you can grab those those emotions that knowledge you learn from different things and always apply to acting there's always ways that to whatever you're experiencing in life whatever difficulties you know whatever challenges you're going through I try to keep a note of them, like a mental note. So when I'm playing a role that requires that similar emotional output, you know, or that, that same going to the same challenges, you know, you have something to pull from, you can relate to it. 
So it's almost like all these challenges you're going through your life are just preparing you for that, for those roles, for those incredible roles that are coming your way. If you have that perspective, you'll always have that positive mind mindset and, you know, anything in life, like, all right, this is good. This is fine. You know, I dealt with this. I know how to deal with it. I went through it. And when you get to the, the, the scene where it requires it, I got it right there. I have nothing else. You know, there's nothing else. I have to prepare for, I already know it. And, but going back to fitness, it's, uh, it just keeps me very, very present and it clears my head. And all I have to think about is just me against myself, which is the constant battle we all fight too daily, right? It's just me against myself, me against my own thoughts. Sometimes that's all it is. It's just, you just need something to clear your mind. And, and physical is just the opposite of that. So I try to just focus on the physical so I don't have to think about anything mentally. And it's, it's worked so well. It's worked well and it helps you, you know, stay healthy and, and also, also stay in shape. And, and for me, that's, you know, that's very important for me as well because I, I try to stay in shape year long. And I want to be, I want, that's one of my selling points too, is, you know, I'm, I'm in great shape and I keep maintain that shape. So I'm ready for those roles. You know, I always tell myself I'm preparing for that Marvel role. <laughs> like I have to be in shape for, you know, be the next Thor or Captain America, whatever it is. And I'm in shape for that already. So I'm preparing for that. So in a, in a way that also I'm tricking my mind to thinking, all right, this is cool. This is good. I'm preparing for my role. It's all a mind game. At the end of the day, it's all a mind game. But it's uh, you got to find your outlet that that helps you just not freak out sometimes. <laughs> I want to come back to creating content and people with, for people listening to this, like how they can get started with that and how they deal with how to deal with how to deal with haters. But before I kind of want to ask a follow-up question to what you just said, like, do you see yourself like being in a Marvel movie? Like, is that you said, you mentioned that, but is that really what you want to be doing? Like in the future, like if you could, you know, look ahead, you know, two, three, four, five years from now, do you see yourself starring in a major role like that? Definitely. Definitely. That's, that's my, my goal. So as I mentioned before, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot, a lot of those Rocky and Rambo movies. So I was really, really into those action drama genre. And my ideal, ideal role would be somewhere either in, you know, Marvel or, or like James Bond series where it's like this, this action, but dramatic genre, but at the same time, the character is very complex. So mm. I think that would be like the epitome of, of my, my, my career, if I could get to one of those roles. And I feel like it would be an amazing experience and I feel like I could do great at it. So I know a lot of it is timing relationships, like who, you know, luck when it comes to not, when it comes to a lot of that stuff where you're getting plugged into these different circles where you're essentially getting introduced to one person who introduces you to the next person and so on and so forth. Like you, you seem to be a planner. And while I know there's a lot of uncertainty and just random things that go on in the entertainment business, like, like what are you thinking you need to do to get you get to get yourself from where you are now to the point where you're um, in a position where you're actually competing for a role like that? You know, that's a constant question I ask myself every day. It's like, what can I be doing? What can I be doing? What can I be doing to get myself exactly to those pair of eyes that can give me the chance, the opportunity to be in uh, the movies that I want to be in. And, you know, it, there's no real right answer to that, at least not that I've discovered yet. And it's a lot of 
just doing what you love doing and keep doing it and just being patient and, and just hoping the right pair of eyes look at you. But besides that also, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, eventually people are going to notice it. You know, if you keep creating content, keep putting yourself out there, if your face is out there a lot, eventually someone's going to notice you in a casting room or an agent might notice you or a director might notice you and say, oh yeah, that guy looks familiar. Let's give him a shot. That's, I mean, it could happen. It has happened. I've heard stories before. But at the same time, keep, keep fine-tuning my craft and, and just being ready for the opportunity when it presents itself. I think that's, those are the, the main things to do. Create your own content, improving your craft, and, and doing things that you love outside of it to keep yourself mentally and physically stable. So how important is like inner, your inner circle to you? Cause I know in, in many cases in that, I mean, not just in the entertainment space, but in life, like the people you surround yourself with can either lift you up or tear you down. And I can imagine it's even more important in a career path that you're in where there is a lot of uncertainty and the odds are very low that you'll land a massive role. But I think to give yourself a shot to do that, having the right people around you, not just that could maybe introduce you to the next person, but to also help build you up, help cheer you on, help hold you accountable and make sure you're not making poor decision matters, make poor decisions like matters a lot, right? A hundred percent, man. I completely, completely agree with that. You definitely need a tight circle of people, like-minded people, and people who who believe in you and likewise and you know you support them they support you and i think i think that's very very crucial because you can go through this journey on your own but it's going to be very very tough it's going to be very overbearing you know you're going to have very crazy crazy thoughts you know and so having a good circle of people who can uplift you motivate you even when you have you don't have that motivation when, when you, you know, question yourself, doubt yourself, having just that someone telling you, no, man, you, you're good. Just take a deep breath, keep going. It's fine. It's going to work out. Sometimes that's all you need. You just need someone to just listen to you and listen to you vent and just encourage you to keep going. And I think that's, it's not easy to find. And, and at least based on my experience, you know, I've, had so-called friends sometimes who, you know, they're with you until you start. I don't know. It's, I don't know what happens with people, but it's, uh, you realize who your real friends are at that time. You know, you, you realize who your acquaintances are versus where your friends are when you really, when you're going through those moments, those, those lows, those very, very lows. And as well, even the highs, you really realize when your friends are, because you can have a very successful shoot you know your your video is going viral it's great and and they are you know not there to support cheer you on you know they're there to say ah man why are you doing that etc you really realize you know all right i know who my real friends are i know who my real team is i know who's gonna have my back no matter what Mm. you really really get to find that out And, and and i used to give everyone the benefit of the doubt you know, when I would just initially and over time, I've realized, you know, really have to be conscious of who you put in your circle because they can, you know, uplift you. But they can also bring you down. So I would be very wary of who you who you associate with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talk a lot on the show about inner circle and the power of 
the people closest to you and how, I mean, you know, you hear a lot, like show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like if you're surrounding yourself with yes. people that have common futures and not common past, you're more likely to succeed than if you're just hanging around the same people that you hung around with just because you've known them for that period of time. I want to go back into creating content because I get asked often, like, how do you start creating content? Like, what if I'm not this? What if I'm not that? Or what are people, what are people going to say? And, and I, and I want to invite you to, to, to answer a couple questions. One is while I know not every video or every piece of content will go viral, I think there's a certain method that yourself, Darman uses to really get the audience hooked to, to engage. And so the, the, the videos and the content does the videos and the content do well. So if you could maybe give the audience a few tips on how to create a piece of content to keep their audience engaged. And then two, like how to deal with haters, like how to deal with the comments, how do you deal with the negative stuff? And it's easier said than done, but especially when you're making videos where in many, in many ways they can be, I don't want to say polarizing, but maybe there's somebody who doesn't agree with a point of view on maybe a social video that you guys created that that's got like something that's related to something going on in our culture right now. And there might be some people that just might not align with that and you might get some backlash from that. So how, so first, how do you create the like viral content and then two advice for people for dealing with haters? Definitely. I'll start with the content. So I don't think, I think this is a misconception people have, or maybe this is just the way I see things, but I don't think you should focus on creating viral content. I think you should just focus on creating content, content that you are passionate about, that you can really deliver well. And I would just focus on doing that consistently, repeatedly, you know, and putting, putting more and more content out there that you believe in, that you're passionate about. And I feel like eventually the virality will catch on if it's the, if it's the right niche, if you know your audience well, there's a whole business side behind it, which, you know, as, as in, in respect to Darman, we don't really deal with it's, we just, we're just the actors on set. So from based on what I've seen with him, I know he's been consistent for the last two, three years, consistently improving, consistently improving their scripts, improving their videos, improving their storytelling, how they, mm. how they visually storytell. I've seen the scripts go from, you know, very basic all the way to now they're complex, you know, multiple scenes, multiple locations, just, just keep improving. And, and sometimes the hardest part is just starting. So I would recommend, and I would advise people if you're, if you want to create content for YouTube, whatever it is, just start, just start somewhere. Cause it'll, it'll give you a strong foundation. You'll understand, you'll learn a lot more about yourself and what you're good at. If you start, even if you fail, it's fine. I feel like failure is almost a blessing because you're going to learn so much from that one failure that you won't make the same mistakes again on your next video and the next video and the next video. So I would recommend really just starting, focusing on improving and, and just consistently posting and getting your content out there and make it, make it very, very the best you can. Mm. Yeah. And no, I mean, for sure. I mean, 100%. I think you said something that I think everybody kind of needs to hear. And I think we all at times, even for those of us who are creating content, you know, need to hear again. And that don't focus on the views. Don't focus on whether the video is going to do well. Because I think the more you focus on that, 
you somehow lose crazy. sight of yeah you, and you, know, you somehow lose sight of why you're doing it in the first place and once you lose mm-hmm. sight of that like it's over like you'll you'll get sucked into that high you'll get mm-hmm. sucked into that dopamine rush of constantly checking the likes constantly checking the views instead of just remembering why you started the content in the first place so for those that are listening like i think the, the message here is just start and not just start like be consistent like it's yep. better to post two videos or two pieces of content a week for a year than it is to post seven times in one week and then not post again right consistency is everything. So I want to kind of go back into the second question and talking about haters. Cause that is something that I think people are not afraid to deal with, but that's like one of the, the blocks is like, Oh my gosh, or what is somebody going to say if I post something or mm-hmm. what happens if I get all these comments about my content? So how do you deal with that? And what advice do you have for others? Yeah, man, that's something I deal with uh, daily. Almost it's I feel like if this is something that every content creator is going to go through, this is like a, it's just part of putting yourself out there. There's going to be people who are going to love what you do. People are going to hate absolutely what you do, or it could be jealousy. Who knows? Who knows what, what their reasoning is. But I think just focusing on yourself and focusing on the people who the, your loyal audience is going to really, really help you out because they're the audience who are going to stick with you no matter what you create and keep going. Right. Mm. And, and you're going to realize who your loyal audience is because they're going to be repeatedly watching your content, keep supporting you, keep following you, et cetera. And the haters are going to be there and you kind of have to really just block them out. I know it's way easier said than done. And I, and I struggle with this too. I remember when I was first, you know, uh, our, some of the videos started going viral and I was tr- getting, messages and comments and stuff you get all these positivity and at the same time you get some of these negativity and my mind would just go straight to the negativity and like oh man what 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 are they saying like what why did that what did i do wrong what's what can i do to improve i'm like i take everything so personally because i want to make sure all the content i put out there is you know great good value and and it's something that i sometimes still struggle with it's like oh man like why how do i deal with this like how do i it's, it's a constant rustling like why do i focus on the negativity when there's so much positivity which is overbearing the negativity start focusing on the positivity and it will really for your mental health i would definitely recommend that because especially when you're first starting out maybe you won't you know maybe you'll have no views that's fine maybe you'll have few views slowly you you'll get the ball rolling and you'll get sometimes these polarizing comments but that's good. That's a good sign. That means people are watching your content. People are, you know, resonating with it if it's positive or negative, which is good. You know, I've heard people, you know, someone once told me if, if, if you don't have haters and, and, you know, lovers on, on about your content, then your content does not have good value. Like if it's all, everyone just loves everything you do. That's great. I mean, that's amazing. That's ideally what we all want, but in the world that we are in, People are going to hate what you do and you kind of have to be okay with that. Develop that, that, you know, thick skin about being okay with a lot of no's and through just being the acting career, I've had to deal with that a lot. You know, as I mentioned previously, it's just, we get so many no's. We, I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of auditions. You get no's or never hear back. And that's essentially a no. And you kind of have to be okay with that and try not to take that so personally. And, and the energy that you, that you know or the anger or whatever the the fear that you have of these haters 
I would try to somehow turn that into the fuel for your fire to keep creating more content, keep working on developing and improving your content if that's your goal. So you really, really have to be okay with the, there's going to be haters. Like I'm, I'm telling you right now, no matter what you do, there's going to be haters, even the entertainment industry or not. You're going to have people who love what you do, people who hate what you do. So really just focusing on the positivity, on the, on the people who have your back and just keep riding that. Yeah, you're right. I think in order to, to really grow on a platform, you have to, I don't, you don't have to be polarizing, so to speak, but you do have to, I think, have your own voice and yep. your own ground to stand on and what you believe. You can't be wishy-washy. You can't be like going on this side because you're that way or that's, I mean, you can, like, it doesn't mean that you can't talk to people about different subjects. That's right. different because I think you have to develop the ability to be empathetic, be compassionate, understand b- different points of view to be able to have meaningful conversations but you still i think at the end of the day have to kind of figure out like what's important to you what do Mm -hmm. you stand for what your core beliefs are like what are some of your non-negotiables and then kind of build off of that and and i think just accepting the fact that there are going to be haters right like there people are going to hate your content there's not everybody's going to like you and that's okay and just know that you know people who are leaving like negative comments for no reason Mm -hmm. they're struggling (laughs) And just, you got to kind of have empathy for them and feel sorry for them in a way, because like, you know, that people who are successful and that are focusing on bettering themselves, they're not going and and trolling other people's accounts and leaving negative comments. Now, it's one thing that if you post something that's super hateful or super disrespectful to somebody, of course, yeah, then yeah, some of that might be justified. But for the most part, if you're creating purpose-driven or meaningful content in a way to help other people, people who are leaving hate hateful and meaningless comments on your posts are typically people that are just kind of struggling and, and maybe envious of what you're doing. And, and so with that said, like kind of, as I want to c- close our conversation a bit, so let's just say that somebody is um, pursuing a field, whether it's like uh, yourself and you wanted to, to sidestep into the entertainment space or like my brother's trying to be a comedian or uh, you have people that maybe want to start a podcast. They want to write a book, but they can't see success right now, which is very common in your career path, right? That when they get started, there's no, you you can't see the light at all. You can't see the money. You can't see anything like nothing real good is coming at that moment. Like what advice, if you could speak to somebody that's listening to this right now, and they're thinking of taking that step into, to a direction that's different and more challenging than the, to where they are right now, like what advice would you give them? That's a great question. For me personally, I never, so the reason I chose to pursue my dream was because later on in life, when I'm on my deathbed, I never wanted to look back and think, what if, what if I had given acting a shot? What if I had given it a shot? Where would I have been? Maybe I would have been successful. Who knows? And I feel like that thought later on in life, if I never pursued that, would kill me right there. Then if I gave it 110%, gave it everything I got, even if I fail, at least I know I tried my best. I did everything I could. That's, that's great for me. That's enough. You know? And I think if you have a dream, if, if you want to be an actor, comedian, whatever it is, pursue it. 
pursue it with everything you've got. You know, there's always a way, even if you have a job, if you have a family, you have kids, there's always a way to pursue your dream. Find that way, stick with it, keep going, and you will find a path. You will eventually carve a path for yourself that is going to be way more fulfilling than just thinking about what if I could have done that? Maybe I should do that. Just take that step. Take that first step. Go for it. You know, social media nowadays is incredible, if, especially if you want to be in the entertainment industry. Put yourself out there. Record that, that, that joke if you want to be a comedian. Record that scene with someone, you know, whatever it is, put yourself out there and keep going, man. Like you in yourself will know if you've given it all you got and if you've got more, right? And I think that is the best advice I can give somebody. And it's, it's definitely something easier said than done. I understand that because I've gone through the same thing, but I feel like, especially when you're starting out, you're young, you're, you've got a lot of, lot of energy. You're, you're very going to be focus driven and you've got a lot of passion and use that passion as fuel to your fire and just keep, keep pushing forward because eventually I guarantee you, someone's going to notice it. Someone's going to relate with it. And someone's going to give you that opportunity that you've been waiting for. That's a perfect way, I think, for our conversation to end. And, you know, you, you said something that I've been talking about recently. It's like, that's the question you never want to ask when you get to the end is what if? Like, what if you took better care of your health? What if you mended that relationship? What if you went back to school? What if you pursued that job? What if you moved? What if you, what if, what if, what if? I go on and on with examples, right? What if? Like take that chance on yourself. Like stop letting the haters bring you down. Stop letting your neighbor or your family members or the people, people closest to you, if they're bringing you down, tell you, you can't do something and stop letting that person inside of yourself tell you, you can't do something, right? Take a chance on yourself. Celebrate the small wins. Every time you fall, get back up, hang out with the right people, exercise, move your body, eat right. Just, just really invest in yourself and take the time and just know that success isn't going to come easy. It's not going to come fast, but it will come from being consistent and doing things over a long period of time. So Vin Sander, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find out more about you if they want to connect with you? Thanks for having me, Doug. Really appreciate you. Then thank you to all my fans. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. And yeah, check me out on my Instagram at Vin Sander. I've got TikTok, Vin Sander, and my YouTube, Vin Sander. Amazing. I will be sure to plug all that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I always try to do is encourage you to take a screenshot and share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Vin said about his journey and how he got connected to Darman, or maybe it was something that he said about fitness. Maybe it was something he just said in his advice to somebody who's pursuing something new. Whatever it is, take a screenshot, tag Vin, tag myself. We'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes. We'll see you next time.